Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for being here and thank you for continually uh, offering these programs mm-hmm. to help us when it comes to coaching and right. helping others live up to their potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you've seen people grow beyond what they even thought they could do, right? That's the ultimate in a coach. I mean, that's nirvana is to get someone to a level that they didn't think they could be. And I think that's remarkable. Um, and so if you help people get to that level that they didn't think they could be, uh, like I asked a gentleman one day, I said in my best boss book, I said, who's the best manager I ever saw? And it was a woman who ran a financial institution in central Missouri. And uh, she was about $10 million in assets, probably only had four or five employees working for it at one time. You know, it's a very, very small, you know, mm-hmm. almost like a, you know, it's not, it wasn't a payday lender, but almost that small of, a, of an office and had four or five people. But, you know, she coached six people that in her 30 years there that went on to be CEOs for other financial institutions. Yeah. And, you know, and they were folks who were basically, that was probably entry level jobs for them, but she saw the potential in them to coach them to a place where they later in their careers became CEOs. And so she saw the, the David in the marble. She was able to see that, that art that was there. She saw their potential and uh, she focused on that and, and achieved that. And that's what I want for managers is to, yeah. to help them, you know, develop their art of coaching to the point where they can help someone go beyond what their perceived potential is. That, that's pretty inspiring and for, for a manager. Um, all of a sudden, their regular job of telling people to do different things becomes a way for them to impact people's lives. So yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's I mean, as, as John Whitmore says in his book, uh, Coaching for Performance, he says, um, you know, the manager has two jobs, and that job is, number one, to get the task done, obviously, but the other is to develop their people, and that's the key. Uh, how do you develop your people to the point where you can do that is, is by far the, 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 the great key. So this week, mm-hmm. um, we're, you, the topic you have on um, what we're going to talk about is how to coach employees who don't know. <laughs> And I feel like I'm an expert in this. I don't know anything. I, I know so little that, you know, I, I know so little. Yeah. It's a challenge. But no, it's it's a great question. And it was a conversation I had this week with one of my uh, management groups. I've got, uh, you know, long-term contracts that I work with organizations. And and so we talk on a, you know, either biweekly or a monthly basis uh, with their group of managers. And so one of the issues came up is, you know, what happens? And, and I asked this question because I knew it would be a, a question to a to address and I asked them, you know, what happens when you ask an employee a question in a coaching session or you're just having a conversation, they say, I don't know. And there was just a whole plethora Mm -hmm. of responses to that. Uh, Some were anger, some were frustration, some were confusion, like you should know that, and some were a sense of understanding. And so that's, we wanted to talk about that plethora of, of emotions because one of the important keys is uh, what was happening, too, is I was seeing reaction out of those managers and the responses rather than responding. Um, between stimulus and response, we've talked about this before, but between stimulus and response of an event, something occurs, and you, when you respond uh, or when you react, between stimulus and response, there's a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of life. That's really where your character lies. That's really where your destiny lies, is how you respond to those events that occur to you in life and how you how you overcome them. And so that's what I wanted to talk to managers about was to talk about the importance of responding rather than reacting at those moments. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the things that they uh, reacted to? 
Well, one of the first ones was, and I was so grateful that this manager was so, she was so honest, she was so open, she was so kind, but she goes, when somebody says, I don't know, she goes, I immediately become, you know, why don't you know? You should know this. And mm. that's the reaction aspect of, of our thinking. Mm-hmm. That's the very, very first thought of it is you should know this, or why don't you know this? Or the other side of the coin is we, we hire people and we think they should be done as soon as we hire right. them. Uh, we think they should know everything that they're supposed to do. We hire them. Here's the job. Go ahead and do it. And there's no development to it. And I think that's really short-sighted uh, to have that kind of mindset of that approach. And so she was very honest. She was very open and said, hey, that's my mindset. And that's my approach to it. Another manager made a, a really great point, And she said, it depends on what they say I don't know to. I and see. I think that's an important distinction also. Uh, she said, you know, if they said, I don't know about a procedure or a process, she goes, and I've told them this five or six or 10 times, then the frustration level is going to become very high. And I'm going to go, you know, you should know this. And so we stopped and talked about that for a moment because she, you know, she goes, I'm frustrated. I'm angry because it's a process. Okay. Here's the moment again, between stimulus and response, you have that moment to make the choice. I respond. Now, you can be angry and frustrated, and that's the path that she was going down, mm-hmm. or you can be down going down the path of curiosity. And the, that's you always have that choice as a manager. You can almost always see in front of you two paths, the, ang- the, the, the anger and frustration path or the path of curiosity uh, without the anger and the, and the frustration, and say, okay, if they're saying, I don't know, then discover what's happening. You know, Say to them, tell me more. Give me your thought process. Um, when have you done this in the past? Did it work in the past? Uh, did you do it and it failed and therefore you just want to double check before you do it again? Mm-hmm. What's your thought process? And if you know more about their thought process, you can go from there. Um, and a lot of times what happens is, and we've talked about this before, is we talk, we jump to uh, negative intent. We think that they right. have some type of right. negative intent or something like that. And and that's also what I see managers do at this point is when somebody says, I don't know, it's like, oh, they just want me to do it for them mm-hmm. or they just want to reverse delegate here. And that also does happen. Well, you, you know, the concept of, Oh, they just want me to do this for them. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned the analogy of uh, they want to work easy a hundred hours a week, right? We all, uh, it seems like didn't these managers train their people to say I don't know because then if they knew things, then the manager wasn't as valuable, right? Yeah, if they knew it all, then why yeah. would they need you? Right, right. So you've some managers almost train their people. Well, you don't need to know. I'm supposed to know. Mm, yeah. Did, did did that come across at all? That wasn't in the discussion, but that's a yeah. big. That's a huge barrier uh, because managers many times would rather do the task than teach yes. somebody how to do the yeah. task, and that's a huge barrier. And and because they say it's easier for them to do that, <laughs> it is. It is easier. I think the biggest factor is looking at yourself in a leadership role is wanting to have control. Right. And I I think that's the biggest barrier to it is relinquishing that control Mm -hmm. and then allowing someone else to be in the spotlight. Uh, If they do it and they do it well, you've got to, you've got to let them shine. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got to, you've got to, you've got to make them shine. And that's the, that's the important key of, of doing that is to help make someone else shine. So going back to what you were saying, it depends on the type of response response mm-hmm. what was the response where they would get a positive uh reaction from their manager okay and and there's a great one there was a uh you know one of the senior managers was on the call and she had had a conversation with the ceo and the ceo asked her a question and she fumbled and she finally just you know got the courage to say i don't know and the ceo was not angry upset or anything she goes okay let's talk about that 
what are your thoughts about this? What are your thoughts about this? We've got to consider this. We've got to consider that. How will this fit in here? What will we do there? And, and so now when we had this conversation, it triggered that memory. She goes, you know what? The CEO didn't get angry. She didn't get upset. She didn't get... And there wasn't even a hint of was of, it a, was it about how to approach a new problem maybe or was it about something they've talked about I because I imagine that mm-hmm. would make people very frustrated we've talked about this before and you say you don't know right and that and then then that's you've got to get on the path of curiosity in that regard uh-huh. don't get on the path of frustration but with this one I don't know enough of the context she didn't give me enough of the context okay. of what the conversation is about and from her perspective it, it didn't matter because we were talking about how how the CEO responded the CEO responded in an effective way yeah and you know, the CEO didn't become angry. She didn't become frustrated. She goes, tell me more about it. Let's think about that. Let's process that. This is what I think about it. What do you think about it now? Because some people, and the person she was talking to was an extrovert. And so extroverts think to, they think to, they, excuse me, extroverts talk to reach clarity. Introverts think to reach clarity. So if, if she was managing an introvert at that moment as the CEO, and she was talking to a manager who was a relatively more introverted than extroverted, she'd say, well, why don't we, you know, let's put that on the back burner. Let's think about that mm-hmm. and process that. Because that kind of a manager is going to go back to their office or they're going to drive home or whatever. They're going to be thinking about that and they'll come up with solutions. Whereas an extrovert is going to be able to talk through it. So that's an important key, too, in, in coaching is to recognize the two characteristics of those individuals. That's why, um, you know, the Myers-Briggs, knowing where people stand and how to manage them based on their characteristics is so important because then you can take you can make that on-the-fly disjudgment of how do I handle this response or how do I handle this situation. Mm-hmm. And that CEO did it very, very well. And so when it went into that discussion, you know, obviously it raised the, uh, the respect and admiration of the CEO. And she's a very good CEO and people really respect her tremendously. But it was just another example of her using effective coaching skills as a CEO. And the manager even said that. She goes, I didn't even think about, uh, I mean, I was just, you know, I was embarrassed. I was stunned. I was put on the defensive. I didn't know what to do. And, but she didn't, the CEO never made me feel insignificant, unimportant. Uh, she just says, okay, let's talk about it and, and just continue down the path of curiosity rather than going down the path of frustration. Yeah. And they use those questioning skills mm-hmm. that you do in all other types of coaching. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. When you get to that point. And so let's go back to the other the other response where the manager says, if it's a procedural thing and they should know how to do this, yeah. I'm going to get frustrated. Right. Okay. Well, if you go down the path of frustration, that employee is going to go down the path of frustration with you too. And they're going to be defensive. They're going to, you know. And so it's going back to the self-worn versus self too that Timothy Galloway talks about right. in the book, The Inner Game of Tennis. If you go down the path of frustration, that employee is going to, they're going to tense up. They're not going to be able to relax. If you go down the path of curiosity, you're going to be able to talk to self too, that sense of discovery, that sense of learning, that sense of, 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 of moving forward. And so you want to be always going from a coaching perspective of the foundation is the curiosity. If you've got that, you're going to be in good shape. Mm-hmm. And rather than going down the path of frustration that, uh, that she was doing. Seems as though if an employee says, I don't know, Mm -hmm. they're trying to push the um, thought bubble over to Uh, the manager. Bingo. And the manager needs to go, well, let's talk through it and bring it back over to him. Right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's, that's an inherent, that's why you don't, that's why in in my, in my coaching, um, I work a long time with managers because you've got to, to teach them to coach is not hard to teach them to unlearn all Mm -hmm. of their other responses because they've gone through life. Life is so complicated and we create certain programs in our head, certain tapes in our head that we run all the time that short track our, our ability to have to make decisions. And so they call it mindfulness and we're not mindful. We're just, Mm -hmm. we're just on a tape. And, And the reason it is, is because the world is so complicated and you know, what do we wear in the morning? You know, how do we drive to work? 
um, you know, you want everything to be standard so it's easier decisions for you so you don't have to process quite as much. Because uh, you can imagine if we had to learn how to drive a car every day going to work, yeah. what an incredibly challenging thing that would be alone. Or mm-hmm. having to learn how to button our shirt or, or put our shoes on or tie a shoe. If we had to learn all of those processes yeah. before we even go to work. It's, you know, so we've we've got these tapes that go through our head that tell us this is the how you tie a shoe. This is how you drive a car. This is the path you go for work. This is what you like to wear. This is how you like to do your hair. This is what you brush your teeth with. You know, we have mm-hmm. all those pre-programmed things, but guess what? We have all those pre-programmed things too on how we manage people. Right. And we have to unlearn those right. so that we can, you know, make a choice, go down the path of curiosity rather than the path of frustration. What would you say uh, about a manager mm-hmm. that finds an employee says they don't know, but they don't know either? <laughs> the, the manager doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, then we both go down the path of curiosity together. Yeah. You know, maybe I, model that, right? Absolutely. I, I think it's okay for a manager to say, you know what? I don't know either. That's a great question. Uh, people ask me in meetings, they ask me in conferences, you know, what about this? You know, I go, I've never thought about that before. That's an interesting equation. That's mm-hmm. an interesting thought. And you know what I do? I then go to the group and I say, has anybody addressed this issue before? And guess what? Most of the time, there's at least one or two people who have come across the issue that that person is talking about and said, yeah, this is the scenario I had. This is what I did. And this is where I went. And then I go back to that person. I said, did that answer your question for you? And they go, yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. I said, perfect. We go on. And so even though I didn't know the answer that day, we had the expertise in the conference, in the, in the meeting room to do that, and we found a solution for them. But if I had to, you know, if I had to have a big ego and I had to come up, well, I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what right. you do there. And you've seen those speakers. You know those. Oh, yeah. The, right. And, and, you, and those they, managers. Absolutely. Those managers, those speakers. And they immediately lose credibility because you know they're blowing smoke. Mm-hmm. And, and there's not trust built to solve the problem mm-hmm. together. Right. I mean, it's pretty powerful if a manager says, you know, I don't know either. Let's figure this out together. Right. That's empowering. Right. And and when you when you react uh, with frustration or you react with a know-it-all attitude when you clearly don't know and you do those kinds of things, what you do is you, t- you just chip away at your credibility, you trip away at the trust, and all of a sudden what was a strong, beautiful building of a relationship mm-hmm. is now just a pile of rocks because you've just taken a hammer to it with all the behavior you've done over time yeah. and you've destroyed what could have been. Uh, and, and that's why people leave. People don't leave jobs. They leave managers. Yeah. And so then you – and I'll give you another example of this. This is a great uh, – I was talking to uh, another client, a different client than the one we were just talking to. And I was talking to their managers and their supervisors, and I said, I asked them, I said, I've been working with them about a year, year and a half. And I said, uh, what's one of the benefits of, that you've seen from this process? And they said, our turnover is significantly down. I said, really? She, our, she goes, one of the managers says, our retention is way up. She goes, I used to see every week somebody saying, hey, I've got this new job. Or I've got this new opportunity. I'm leaving. Thank you very much. She goes, we see very little of that. And so I wanted to verify that. So fortunately, the following week, I was coaching with the senior management team, the CEO and all the C-level suite uh, individuals. And I asked them, I said, how has this program impacted you? And uh, the CEO had, there was two stories that were told that, that really made an impact of how coaching impacts the organization. You know, I'm, it doesn't cost me to be there because they now have reduced their costs so much from all yeah. the turnover. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then also their customer services improved because now they've got people staying longer that can answer questions for consumers. So they had two stories. And, and so I asked the COO, she's the one who's, she's responsible for, Oh man, just 
you know, hundreds of people. But, uh, but, you know, she said, before you came, before we hired you, we would typically have 15 openings all the time. She goes, right now, we've only got two openings. She says, people Excellent. are staying longer. Yeah. Then the CEO told a story. He goes, yeah, I went out to do a transaction. So I was in the lobby. I go out to do a transaction. I, I, I tell my management team, stand in line. You know, don't jump the line. Don't go behind the counter. Be respectful. Wow. Be respect. And, and I and I admire him yeah, greatly. Yeah, they could learn a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I have the tremendous respect for the CEO. He's a great CEO. Great guy. Really, really like the guy. And I mean, it's one thing to work with a client. It's another thing to like them. Yeah. And it's a whole different thing to admire them to the point where you want to emulate them. And he falls into those three categories. I both like him, I respect him, and I admire him, and I want to emulate him. And that's that's rare for an individual where you get to that level of, of trust or respect or relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was standing in line, and, and there was two ladies behind him. They wanted to do a transaction, and the line was moving pretty quickly. There was like 10 people in line, and the lines were moving pretty quickly. And the two ladies behind knew each other, and they were complaining that the line's moving so fast. They're not used to it moving this fast. Huh. They typically have more time to fill out their, <laughs> to fill out their you know, transaction slip, you know. And, uh, and and the CEO loved that. Sure. He loved that. And and so that was a visceral response of how the coaching program has reduced their turnover, mm-hmm. has improved their organization. So now they're they're operating and functioning better because now they have people who are not leaving. They've stayed there. And the reason is before, and this is another thing the supervisor said, that people are telling them now, you know, it feels like a family. I feel like people... They respect me. They mm-hmm. respect my opinion. They ask my opinion. They want to know what my thoughts and feelings are. They want to know how I view something. And they say that's incredibly powerful to sure. work in organizations like that. So that's also the value of of, of coaching. But, you know, I, I have no idea how we got from, uh, you know, how somebody says, I don't know, to, you know, telling that story. But but ultimately, well, that's, that's the – you get there. Because you use the example of the um, – CEO that or the manager mm-hmm. that built trust right with the folks when those when they were courageous enough to say they don't know right and I and I think that gave other managers in the organization you know if the client we we're talking about earlier mm-hmm. other managers in that organization had the courage to say you know what when their CEO asks them a question and they don't know it's okay to say I don't know right uh, they're not going to get jumped on because that, that's the importance you know that CEO has learned that she's going to respond rather than react she's mm-hmm. not going to become frustrated she's not going to be angry she's going to pursue the the path of curiosity and not the path of anger and coach in an effective way. So if people wanted to contact someone who didn't have the answers, they can call me. <laughs> but if they wanted to call someone to help them, if they don't know, right? how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, it go to my website, RoryRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. And that's got all my contact information there. And I can help them get the results that we just did for those two organizations I just used as examples. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank, Thank you, my you. friend. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.